Hey guys, welcome to Bagged Boardcast, episode number 515. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 8th, 2023. Let me follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're bringing you our great Marvel television retrospective, part number 25. Yes, it's the television retrospective, because now we're getting to talk about the Disney Plus uh, direct-to-streaming TV show, starting with the very first one, WandaVision. Not originally going to be the first It was not going to be. COVID hit a so lot. We'll of probably talk harder. about that in the main topic. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. No, and we don't want to uh, something, something, something. We're gonna talk about beer. See, that's how <laughs> that's how you work your way around it. Now, I've learned Remember since last like week. Five episodes ago. Five episodes ago, Chris, you had such a smooth segue into something, and now we're just ham fist back to the ham fisting segues. Hey, it's, it's it's life in a podcast. That's what happens. But yeah. guys, you just sit back, relax, have a beer, and just enjoy it. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off uh, just because I want to talk about this beer because it's something that I've been looking for for a while down here, and I literally just found it last week. I uh, picked it up, 15 pack for my beer store. This is Founders All Day Haze. Uh, this is their Session Hazy IPA. I'm assuming it's like 4.2 4.2. 9% ABV, 4. Yeah, 4.9. It's hard to read it on the side of the can. Um, it's good, but I like all-day IPA better. Um, I said this to you guys in our like friend chat thread. I think I prefer all-day IPA because it's more reflective of the flavors I would expect from an IPA. When you tell me it's a hazy IPA, I look for more, more of that like nice like juicy pop to it. And I think this being a session, it doesn't have that. I know the next beer I have is going to be swinging that door in a completely opposite direction. So maybe <laughs> I should enjoy what I got now. Uh, it's not bad, but I, I wish there was a little bit more like bright fruit pop to it because it does taste like a, a session IPA, but I don't get a lot of like that hazy, hazy on it, or at least what I expect out of a hazy. Maybe it's a meat problem. When I had this beer, I didn't think of it as like a hazy, big hazy beer. I thought of it as a hazy version of all day. And for mm-hmm. that, I was okay. like, I like this more than all day. Like, I like that it's a little more juicy. I like that it's a little more flavorful. It's a little more smooth on the mouthfeel. So I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> Uh, next week for the show, I have, um, they just came out, um, is, uh, all day 12 pack variety and you get regular all day, you get the haze, you get the, um, red, the, the, uh, red IPA and I think you get the cold IPA in it. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to 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 drink them all back to back because I've never I've never done that with any of them. So I could do a kind of a fun power ranking with them. 
Um, but yeah, like I enjoyed Haze on or whatever it was, the all day haze. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, mean you still can't go it's wrong. Fine. It's still good. Yeah. I mean, I'm already also done hear, with it. What? Uh, Chris, did you also hear what John said? I don't know. I, I There was a silent part that John said that I heard, definitely. He was planning on doing a power ranking without me. Oh, gosh. That's, yes. that's what I heard. That was the silent part. Well, I was, throwing I, I was throwing that out there for you to maybe do it with me next week. Well, but no, well, do you have your you beers? Said, hey, Paul, do you have your beers bought for next week? No, I never oh. have beers. He bought just depends on whatever people give him. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't want to sound overly negative because I do like it. I've already finished the can and we've been recording for seven minutes now. Um, I, I like it. The day that I got home with it, I sat on my porch drinking my. Uh, drink my beers and reading my comics. I think I had like three of them. It's fine. Like it was, it's a solid porch beer. But Paul, we know what you're going to be drinking next week. Maybe yeah. now we do. <laughs> what are you drinking as long today? As I find that variety pack. Uh, I started before recording the podcast, picking up a beer. Live Juanita's a little something something. New branding. You know they took away the like pinup girl. Uh, and now they just have the dog, you know, but in a 12 pack uh, for cans. Perfect. You know, and this is a uh, what a wheat IPA. And this is a uh, what seven point something percent. Yeah. Seven point five percent. IB uh, ABV. How many IBUs this is, is it? Though? I know you're you're about to tell. I, us. I have no idea. <clears throat> I have no idea how many IBUs because IBUs don't exist. They're not a. Uh, BS number that I will never talk about on the show. But I wanted to ask John, because I do have two other half beers, and I have the problem with other half beers where I'm like, it tastes exactly like every other out there half beer. Should I do the dry double dry hopped, single hop, the all citra everything, or should I start with the, the multi-chroma, the double dry hopped, multiple hopped? Uh, I would say go with the ace. Go with the uh, I'll I'll your everything. Okay. Ooh, is that what ace stands for from Brooklyn? The no. Sriracha Ace. Oh no. But that's what that's what that beer is called. They call that one ace. Cool. So John, did you already drink your drink? Nope. Okay, uh, go over here. Talk I am drinking from uh, Warhorse Brewing, which is okay. from Five Brothers Winery out in the Finger Lakes of New York uh, wine country. I am drinking their Turn and Burn. This is a barrel-aged imperial stout coming in at 11.6%. And this is okay. Um, it's nothing... Really to write home about. Uh, I was given these three cans uh, that I'll be drinking throughout the, the podcast. Um, I was given them. Uh, I can't fault them for being free. If I paid for them and I got this, I probably wouldn't buy another barrel-aged beer from them again. And I've had a barrel-aged beer from them that I really liked a few years ago. 
Um, this is also like they started, they used to put them in bomber bottles. Now they put them in the 16 ounce can. But because they're barrel aged, they're dipping them in the wax mm. in the can, uh, which is kind of funny. It's silly. Yeah. It's gimmicky. Um, I, they're not the only brewery that I've seen do that. But um, yeah, it's okay. The next one is better. That's good. I, and they're not as expensive as those Eclipse beers that we bought that one year. Because those Eclipse no. beers were expensive. And I don't know if they were worth the price. No, no, I don't think they were. Um, these guys, I think they run between 13 and 16 for a single or a for a single 16 ounce can. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's a bit much. Because they said Eclipse beers were 25, but it was like a 22 ounce bottle, right? Uh, what's, the, what's the normal size of like a uh, Palmer bottle, like 22.5 or something like that? Mm. Hold on, let me see. I got a couple sitting over here. I think there they're. We go. There we go. I think they're sixteen. And I'm going to talk a little bit while you guys do that. I'm going to talk about the other half, Ace, as uh, John refers to it. I don't know, I, guys. Come on, it's all Citra everything. It's not that long of a name. It's not Stone Temple Pilots, and even then, Stone Temple Pilots, not that long of a name. You don't need to abbreviate it. Get over yourself, other half fans. You don't need to abbreviate all Citra everything to Ace. Get over yourself, so Temple Pilot fans. You don't need to abbreviate it to STP. Right, you don't are need to are, do we are we done? I'm back. You don't have to vamp anymore. Anyway, is that all had us into the Week in Geek? Which uh, we, there is the Week in Geek. Uh, here's some news for you. Uh, the old school bomber bottles, 1.6 fluid ounces. Uh, so six, like 16 ounces. So they're about the same. Okay. About the same. So, about okay, same. a little, a little bit, bit better bigger. on pricing. Then. A little bit bigger, but they're about the same. Yeah. No news! No news. No news. I, nothing jumped up throughout the week. I went on a mad dash to try to find something to talk about, but alas, nothing. Hey, you know what that means? Nobody died that we're aware of. Uh, the actor who played the original creature from the Black Lagoon passed away. He was 93. I don't remember his name, though. Yeah. And actually, I did see that somebody else died, too. But <sighs> Trying to make it a good thing. Nope, I bring it. Bring that up. You brought it You guys it down, just Paul. bring in the fertilizer. Bring it up. You gotta bring it down. Do we That's fertilize our news garden with dead bodies of celebrities? Maybe. 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 <laughs> Anyways... I don't want to talk about my next beer yet. So let's talk about the comic books that we're going to be picking up this week, March 8th, in the list. Uh, yeah. Much like the news, Slim Pickens are me this week. Slim, not not the musician Slim Pickens, uh, but. Who's dead and in the in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I also, saw this uh, also cover an actor? and I'm like, uh, for this comic, and I'm like, hey, is that Wolfsbane? Is that Wolfsbane on the cover? And you know me, I have a rule. If I see an a classic X Factor character okay. on a cover, I feel inclined to buy it. And since it's such a, a slim week for me, I'm like, I might as well give this a go. It's a number one. It's Marvel's uh, New Mutants Lethal Legion number one. 
Uh, and it is Wolfsbane. It's, uh, has Wolfsbane, Escapade, who I don't know, Morgan Red, who I don't know, Mirage. Maybe I know. Yeah, I Karma. She's from, she's from the new I movies. almost remember Warpath, I know. Yeah. Uh, Cerebella? Cerebella? Don't know. And Hibbert the Flying Turtle. And that's when I knew that I had to pick up this book. It stars a flying turtle, guys. Come on. Written by Charlie Jane Anders and pencils by Eden Bollum. So get ready for this book. And I don't know if I is, I don't know if I can. I know because it looks like it's cocaine bear on the cover as well. It does. But that's apparently not cocaine bear. No. Um it's New Mutants, cocaine. it's one of those things I feel like I should like, but it's never really grabbed me in one way or other, but I feel like I really should like it. Um, and also, can you still call like Mirage and Wolfsbane New Mutants? Well, they're the, they're the I mean, they're like the original. Like, well, they're, they're not the original, Elder Statesmen, but, yeah. and they're bringing in the newer okay. New Mutants. Okay, so it's like the Titans to the Teen Titans. <laughs> I get it. I okay. I will not. I will not attack you anymore on this one. Yeah, because he's going to make us read it. Yeah, because it doesn't have cocaine bear, it has demon bear. Mm, and the U-Men. Yep. And the yeah. Shadow King. Sorry, I'm looking at the solicitation right now. That's everybody. Sound, it sounds like that really bad movie they did. What, Cocaine Bear? Yeah, they, the, no, mutants. The, the New Mutants movie, because oh. they fight a big bear. Oh, do they? Yeah, a big nightmare bear. Uh, uh, John, what nightmare... What nightmare am I going to make you guys read uh, yeah. in, in a couple of weeks? It is going to be Fallen number one from five uh, Red Five Comics. Uh, this is Casper Clay, an ancient warrior and immortal servant of Zeus turned private detective, navigates the murky depths of a criminal underworld to solve the murder of a god at the hands of a mystery killer. Uh, this book is written by Matt Ringle, who has not written anything previous, as Chris told me before the show started, uh, and Henry Poncio, uh, art and cover. Uh, yeah, it's a light week. Uh, I saw a write-up about this, uh, and I said, man, that could be fun. So I'll be checking it out. There you go. Uh, Paul, I thought we were going to have a little bit of crossover uh, when you told us your one rule for buying comic books, because I'm also buying a comic book with a classic X Factor character on the cover, because this is going to be Scarlet Witch number three coming out from Marvel Comics. Uh, it's Polaris, Scarlet Polaris Witch, Wanda Maximoff's sister. Um, this is written by Steve Orlando, art by Sarah Pacelli. They're still kind of in the beginning phases of this book where. I mean, at least the first two issues of it have been someone coming into Wanda's magic shop and then she has to solve their problem. I'm waiting for the bigger arc to become a thing. Um, so I'm hoping through this issue that actually begins to happen. Uh, Polaris is in town. She's visiting her sister's magic shop and someone comes in that needs help. And it's up to the two of them to travel down to not the quantum realm, but to Subatomica to uh, go on a fantastic journey. Um, I've enjoyed the first two issues. I have nothing against this book. I just, I need the, the book to be something bigger than they're selling me right now. Um, 
regardless if I want it or not, I'm going to keep buying it because my girlfriend really likes it. Um, we have a Scarlet Witch shelf where she has all of her Funko Pops. She now has a Scarlet Witch uh, short box for her comics. So regardless, this will stay on my pull list. But yeah, Polaris. Why not? It's going to yeah. be fun. Why not? Why not Polaris? Wait, so is Wanda still the daughter of Magneto? Because I, Polaris they, for a they while were, but was then definitely they were. not. I so much stuff has happened that I don't even know if maybe something Polaris, to do with them like anymore? bringing people she back from the dead. Maybe she, she is for now. The longest time, like it was rumored, and then apparently, then it came out that she actually wasn't for the longest time. And then, like a you know, I don't know if she is. I have sibling like step sibling thing. Maybe yeah. maybe they're not, but they still consider themselves sister. I I don't know. I'm pulling it up right now, and I'm realizing it's going to be something that I'm just looking at in the background while we're trying to move on to the next thing, and I will not remember any of this. Is this dramatic reading for me or for Chris? For it's you. For okay. But we're not doing that yet, are we? Are, are we ready for our next beer or no? <laughs> I know technically I, it would be my first beer, but whatever. I'm I'm okay with moving into the next beer and then getting into that dramatic reading because I'm drinking a beer that you guys have already had. Yes, oh, John. Well, did. we already already had all day haze as well. Oh, that beer. But yes, I'm this sorry, is the uh, Voodoo Ranger Fruit Force, and this is their Fruit Punch IPA. Uh, and this was the first beer that I cracked open the day that I went to the beer store, <laughs> and I probably took a sip and then said right to you guys, that is fruit punchy because 9.5% ABV, it tastes like a Hawaiian punch that they hopped. Mm-hmm. And it's just very alcoholy. Um, it reminds me of Till. I can yeah. I could see that. It's okay. I don't like it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Um, it does deliver on that big fruit punch. I don't think this needed to be as amped up as it is on that ABB. I think that's part of maybe what like that harshness is coming from it. Um, the first one of these I did have like warm room temperature because I just got home and cracked it open. This one I am drinking chilled and it's it kind of kills that hop flavor on the back end, but it's it's still it tastes like. You just went to the store and looked for the biggest jug of colored beverage that you could find for the cheapest price, and then they made a beer out of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, Mom, can we get Hawaiian Punch? <clears throat> uh, no, we're going to get Tahitian Treat instead. Like It's I, that kind of fruit punch. I thought it tasted like it got spiked with just really bad grain alcohol. Like, it just... It, there's just something that's just bad about it. And the, I love, I mean, I juice raved, force is great. I raved about juice force. I still think juice yeah. force is a great beer. Um, but yeah, I was not thrilled with, with this one at all. Yeah. Juice force is definitely, I bought it thinking, Oh, it's the next version of juice force. And then when I drank it, I'm like, this is not what I wanted at all. It's so artificial. It's so punchy in the face. It's not, and then when you, Johnny came to the show with an, another 
fruit punch beer, I'm like, oh, please do not let this become a thing. Why oh, would it's gonna, this become a thing? It's going to become a thing. Uh, I, but yeah, Juice Jolt, it, Juice Jolt from Southern Tier was better, but it still wasn't good. Don't let that be a thing. Bring me back Dark Cassadian Ales. Bring me back uh, Black IPAs. Don't give me well, every punch. Everybody is releasing Black IPAs right now. There's one out from... Um, Left Hand Brewery. Left Hand's got a black IPA out right now. And um, Stone's black IPA is coming back out. So they're, they're, this is going to be the year of black IPAs, Paul. Good. But this is going to be the year of big imperial fruited beers. Because Juice Force was such a hit last year that everybody's going to jump on the, the wagon this year. Oh, Juice Force is fine. Yeah, fruit force, bad, bad. It's bad, bad, bad. And wait, did everybody go? No, yeah. did we just do Chris's? <laughs> yeah. What are you drinking, bud? Uh, I am drinking another turn and burn, and this is also at eleven point six percent. And this is their vanilla, and this is the best out of the three. Because it does have a nice marshmallowy vanilla on those bourbon stout notes. Um, this one's actually very good. I do. You know what? I've been uh, because I've already I've given blood recently. Like, you know, a few weeks back. So now I'm I'm not uh, eating just uh, for cereal the frosted mini wheats or iron. I've been eating uh, the post s'more cereal. Guys. Never heard of that. Oh, it's so delightful. <laughs> it is golden cramps, right? But then with cocoa puffs and then with marshmallows, it's just like so good. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> it is a sugary sweet treat to start your day. I dare anybody <clears throat> to eat that bowl of cereal and not have like a sh- little bit of a sugar buzz going to start their day and just be in a happy mood because man, it's so much fun. It's like, ridiculous. I always like the, the Reese's ones, whereas it was the peanut butter balls and the chocolate balls. Those, those oh, yeah. was good. This is peanut butter puffs is also very good, but I could find this one. It was on sale, like at the grocery store for $2 a box. So I'm like, yep, you're having that. Yeah. So, so final word for now. Is yes, Polaris is Magneto's daughter. Oh. But the Scarlet Witch is not Magneto's daughter. But even though he's not her biological parent, mm-hmm. it's been solidified that yes, he is still her her dad. I'm sorry. But is she is she still twin brothers with Quicksilver? Yes. I think and- I I don't know, I didn't because I literally just like I Google Polaris and I read through her character thing and I'm like, OK, so she is. And then I was like, I don't want to read more stuff about the Scarlet Witch. We're going to be talking about her for the next hour. Uh, so I just like Google like is Mar- um, Magneto Scarlet Witch's father. And in like one of the X-Men crossovers, like the trial of Magneto that they did beginning of last year, it came out that like, no, they're not biologically related, but he did raise her. I'm not going to. Look into PHR. I'm sorry, John. That's some fun homework for you, though. That was the whole reason he had white hair, right? Is because he was Magneto's son? Yeah. Yeah. And his uh, name was Quicksilver? Yeah. 
Quicksilver. But th- there's no C in it, right? No. I think there is. No, I didn't. There's a C in U-I-C-K. I'm, I'm going to do this <laughs> while you guys do the next thing. Well, we're drinking. I'm, I'm drinking that uh, right. other half ace that I've already talked about. And now you got me saying it, even though I hate it. All citra everything. Um, this is decent. It's good. Like the first sip, I had like a, almost a menthol quality to it. Remember when Kool-Aid came out with the like, hey, cool, cooling sensation without adding ice? No. Vaguely. But it almost had like a cooling, like cool menthol kind of like quality after I drank. Are you saying that they put like menthol in Kool-Aid? They did something with it where if you drank it, it like had like a cooling sensation on your tongue. Was that and it was definitely done by chemicals only. Is that real or was that just in the commercial? That was real. Or okay. it was subliminally messaged to me, and I, it made me feel like it did, you know, like hypnotic suggestion. But uh, I felt I felt like that was happening with this beer as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy, very easy drinking. It's hiding the 8.5% alcohol quite well. I might not be hiding it quite well. But um, it's decent. It's very one note. But, you know, that's what I'm expecting from just a one-hopped beer. It's good. Chris, did I amp enough? Have you? No, heard? because now I'm just more confused. Because like every other article is saying a different thing. Like literally, like as I'm looking through it. Yeah. Um, so I guess stay tuned. Okay, so we'll stay tuned. But for but now, it's one of those things. They're going to be Magneto's children until they're not for some. <laughs> license related issue and then as soon as that issue is forgotten or solved they are again so none of and, this matters and Polaris is never really the daughter of Magneto but she is but she is for now I don't believe it though well I think she's a character nobody cares about about enough for them to have to have it be a thing right until he's on Mori I will not care <laughs> Working at the job that I work at, I have seen so much more Maury than I've ever seen in my life. A lot of people watch Maury, guys. It's it so was weird. One of those shows that I, is it still on? Like officially, like new episodes? So. Okay. Um, it was one of those shows. Like when I would call out sick from work, it was like the only thing that was on because I didn't have cable at that time, mm-hmm. and like this was before streaming. Yes. Well, you couldn't afford streaming. You couldn't afford it. You were always calling off from work. <laughs> I didn't call out that much. But it was one of the things, like, when you just put on TV, uh-huh. you have, like, four, like, antenna channels. Like, Bory just always happened to be on. And then it was, like, Judge Judy and, uh, like, Judge Mathis, all that stuff. Man, none of this has anything to do with anything, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to looking up Quicksilver. Paul, take it. And now, the Bagley Mordcast presents... A dramatic reading from Superman, number one, page 24, panel one. Hello, Carol. How may I be of service, my son? And that was a dramatic reading from Superman, 
number one. I wish I could sound like Clancy Brown because he's such a good, so such a good, such a good uh, Lex Luthor voice. And the animated series, you know, Andrew, what Andrea Romano, mm-hmm. she was the casting director. Nailed it for every character. Every character. Mr. Mixaplex, wasn't he? Uh, uh, what's his Gilbert name? Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert yeah. Godfrey. Nailed it. Nailed it. So much better than Howie Mandel. Yeah. Because uh, Howie Mandel was Mr. Mixaplex on uh, The Adventures of, Super- of Lois and Clark. Listen, Weird that I remember that. I I watched, I think, all that show, and I do not remember it. It's something that I kind of want to go back and rewatch, you know, just to see how hokey it is. And to see if my childhood crush on uh, uh, Terry Hatcher uh, still holds up. Terry Hatcher, uh, she's a nice looking lady. I don't know if it would hold up. But something from a couple years ago that we watched for our uh, main topic, maybe it does. Because that's going to head us into the Great Marvel Television Retrospective. Part 25, guys. Part 25, right? I think John and I both had a reaction to this when we saw that we were doing the movies uh, or the television shows too. We were both like, really? The television shows too? Or was I the only one? It all fits in. I know it all fits in, but does it? It does. But does it? It does. It's all connecting to the to the movies. Because now after especially after this rewatch of WandaVision. I will say again for the third time, because that's you know the rule of three. But does it? Yeah, it does. Well, have you seen Doctor Strange in Multiverse yes. of Madness? Okay. Because the whole crux of that movie is payoff from WandaVision. <laughs> Everything that leads up to WandaVision is from Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. This takes this is the middle chapter of Wanda's story from from those two movies. Mm-hmm. This Okay, well we'll get into it. Well, I, we'll just start here. Why not? Why yeah. not? It doesn't um, matter. Uh, this we'll was, jump. Yeah. This was the first show to come out on Disney Plus as part of their uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe streaming package. Uh, It was originally supposed to have been uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but that met with delays during filming because of the COVID protocols that they were running into when they were filming. Oh, I don't remember where they were. Like They were in Louisiana, right there? Some of it was, but... I think it was overseas. It was overseas because everything that they filmed when they were... It was like in Bucharest or somewhere where they were filming, like all the stuff with the uh, the flag smashers. Um, they were basically like shut down. And jumping ahead in WandaVision, the reason that uh, Darcy Lewis's character doesn't have as much of a presence in the finale as she does in some of the earlier episodes is because she literally, uh, she, uh, actress Kat Dennings, couldn't get around to get to filming. So that's why she just kind of appears in the truck at the very end. And it's like, Hey, it's me. Haven't been around. And I know that's something a lot of people had issues with because they're like, Oh, why wasn't Darcy? And it's like, they're real people in real life. And sometimes things <laughs> yeah. happen. And it was a weird, crazy, unprecedented time. And 
there's still things that are happening in Fallout from it to this day, and we're in 2023 now. So I mean, think back three, four years ago. It's amazing that we got any content at all, I think. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Uh, <clears throat> this being the <clears throat> first TV show, I know we have to handle this a little bit differently because it's not just like one story that we can go through, but I think it might be good just to touch like episode wise, almost like a little mini movie fix, if you will. Um, we did talk about WandaVision on a movie fix. Yeah. Uh, because something that they did was they put out the first two episodes of the show on day one. They didn't space them out week to week. Subsequent episodes did have a, a week delay in airing, but uh, filmed before a live studio audience and Don't Touch That Dial both released the same day. And I think they both did a good job of setting the tone of what the show was going to be because it was very different. It was very weird. And if you want to jump in your way back machine and think back to fandom at this time, a lot of people had strong thoughts about the show, maybe mirroring some of Paul's where they expected it to be like Marvel cinematic universe, but it was like an ode to sitcoms of the fifties and sixties. Nobody wants to see that. Oh, but the fandom was rabid. There were so many theories but, well, and Mephistopheles yeah. or whatever his name was. Mephisto. Mephisto. But, and then, like, to jump ahead to the finale where it turns out to be Vision fighting Vision and mm-hmm. Wanda fighting Agatha, then it was like, oh, well, now it's just Marvel formulaic bullshit where you just have someone fighting a copy of themselves. It's like, but that's what you were mad it wasn't at the beginning, so... What, what do you have that's not that? Easy answer. Episode number four, which is perfect. We'll get to that in a little, in a little bit. Um, I I enjoyed the show from the get-go because I think, as someone that didn't watch a lot of old TV because it was in black and white, why would I want to watch that? I got the references that they were making. I knew what everything was kind of playing off of. And it does set the tone for, hey, something is wrong, something's not right. And you're kind of vision as you're going through the series because you want him to start pulling on those threads. Like, you know something's up. But he's only being led to be pulled on the threads in order to separate him from Wanda. Agatha. Uh, During the rewatch, because that's the whole point, right? Like, we we want to talk about our rewatch experience, not so much the experience, you know, the first time watching it. Because we kind of already talked about it. Once. Mm-hmm. Um, were you on that it, fix? Maybe not, but, it's fine. <laughs> no, but we as friends have we as friends talk about, talk about stuff. And we've talked about like wanting to dive in and whether it's my fisto or not or multi fisto, multi fisto, or my fist and toe. Um, this, like, I was more... No, don't write it down. No. No. Vito. I was going to write down my multi-fisto. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's better. Um, I kind of, like, had a hard time keeping attention paid to this, like, at, during the rewatch. Because I wasn't invested in, like, ooh, what does this mean? What does that mean? Because I know how it plays out. But when I got to the later episodes, I'm like... 
Yeah, but they they make a turn here for Wanda. She fights Agatha. She then gives up her kids. She does the heroic thing and get, deals with her guilt and with her loss. And it made me even angrier at multi multiverse of madness because every like the arc she goes through in this show isn't paid off in multiverse of madness. She just quickly, it's such a quick turn in multiverse of madness where she's just a villain that I'm kind of angry about it but because she, I it's, spend this because the dark hold is taken hold mm-hmm. of her. She right. did have those things. And when she breaks <clears throat> the hold that the dark hold has on her, she's back to being Wanda and pulls everything down to stop herself. It's seeing her children and the fear in their eyes that breaks that hold. It's that connection she does have with those kids. So if she didn't have those things in the show, she wouldn't have had that break and gotten away from the dark hold, even though she was using the dark hold to find a way to maybe bring her kids back because the dark hold made it made her think that she hurt her kids. So it's like the, the dark hold is the bad thing in the, in the, in the, in the series mm-hmm. and in multiple. Well, it's Agatha that controls the dark hold that then. But then Paul, well, I don't, Wanda. I don't think it's necessarily Agatha controlling the Darkhold. Agatha was using the Darkhold more as like a reference book mm-hmm. to try to get the power from Wanda because Wanda is like the Wonderkin. Like she, she didn't have any training. Like how did you get so powerful? Well, and the, it's not until like sh- like she's like alongside her and like having seen everything that Wanda's gone through is like no like there's a chapter of you in this book like. You're the Scarlet Witch. I need that power. It's not just like, how did you get so powerful? Because you see the flashback to Agatha in like 1690s where she's stealing like the coven's power. Like at first it was like a, how did you get powerful? But then it turns into, I want that power. And that's when you really see Wanda lead into the dark hold because she's trying to learn more about herself and her power. And that's what starts tempting her with, uh, Billy and Tommy. Um, yeah, and it, it, go ahead, John. I've talked a lot. I, I was just going to say to your point too, Paul. Is for half of this series, it was the third time that I had watched it because I watched probably the mm. first four episodes, and then I finally talked my wife into watching it, and then I rewatched half of half of the series. Rewatching that half of the series at the time, I didn't care because i was looking for more because i didn't know the completion of the the story this time around i felt the same thing i felt myself drifting a little bit from from the story because i knew the outcome and i wasn't looking for any specific things in it i still had a great time with it and i still think every episode that they did that was a tv show They captured it. They did a great job. And to your point, Chris, I did grow up watching a lot of Mm. those black and white shows. Whenever I went to my grandparents, like afternoon, all we did was watch reruns of 
old sitcoms. So uh, the first like three episodes, uh, filmed for a live studio audience, which actually was filmed before a live studio audience, which is really cool. Uh, Don't touch that dial. And now in color, um, like fix 50s, 60s and 70s, respectively. I I do appreciate the work that went into that to kind of capture that feeling and that atmosphere. And I think it's clear that uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are having a lot of fun with it because it's giving them the chance to do something that they don't get to do in a big budget superhero movie. And it would probably be a lot of fun to, to get to like chew on scenery, pause for laughter. Like I think, that's something really cool that they got to do. It wasn't until uh, episodes five and six words to like the eighties and nineties sitcoms where that's really where I fell into like the TV watching rabbit hole with stuff like TGIF and like SNCC. And that that's where I was like, okay, I can exactly pinpoint what they're pulling from what they're doing. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm an eighties, nineties baby. Like that was, that was my bullshit. Um, but during those episodes, that's when they're really started. After, uh, what is it, the episode that it's uh, We Interrupt Earth's program. Yes, which uh, is, I think, my favorite episode of this show because it kind of fills in some of those gaps and answers some of those questions that you had from the first three. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that next. So conti- yeah. Continue, Paul, because like, I don't want to like completely but they, they, sandbag you. After that episode, like it is basically... If, these move these episodes are like 25 minutes long because you know the credits go on for a good 20 minutes you get 10 minutes of the sword stuff in each of these episodes and you're only getting like 10 to 15 minutes of like Wanda and Vision in the television show yeah after that whereas the first three it's basically all Just them. them doing the sitcom well, those, bit. And those are the shortest episodes. Yeah, they're like they're 15, 30, 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, they're 30, 33 minutes for the first episode, 35. And yeah, OK, you can say five minutes for eight minutes for the the. Did you time it, Paul? I can literally hit play right this second. <laughs> yeah. And like give you the yeah, time. T- tell me. T- tell me. I'm going to. Uh, oh, oh. I got hit back because I went to five minutes left in the thing. And it's like, oh, you want to play the next six episode? Because we've been playing for, for the credits for so long. It ends 22 minutes. But I mean, 22 that's, minutes. For what that's, episode? For episode one. That's standard right. sitcom length, though. Like that's So that's that's eight minutes. Eight minutes of credits. Eight minutes and 45 seconds. You want to round it up? Do you want to say nine minutes of credits? Nine minutes. I do want to say nine okay, minutes because I went like this to you when you said eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I said. But nine but minutes. the rest of the episodes are 42 minutes, 50, 50 minutes, right. 47 minutes. So they do – you do get more out of all those episodes. It's not those, just – After that fourth episode, that's really where, okay, suspicions – confirmed like we have the real world look at wandavision now and that's really where you start to learn like okay this is what's going on so the rest of the season being 
those longer episodes does make sense because now you have the sword stuff going in there. And that's also kind of where you start to see the cracks happen with Vision. And he's like, why can't I remember anything past last week? Like, what's going on? And for me, that was kind of the most engaging part of it. Like, yes, Wanda's journey with guilt and grief is very important in the crux of the show, but I just really like Paul Bettany and I love him as vision. So anytime that he's on screen, I'm, I'm there for it, especially like like later on when it's Paul Bettany talking to Paul Bettany about what it means to be vision. Like that whole episode could have just been that. And I would have been, they would have been happy with it. I think that would have been great. Uh, but episode four, like we kind of said, uh, this is where we get the sword stuff that introduces Tayana Paris as a now aged up Monica Rambo, who we will be seeing again later uh, in the Marvels. Uh, we also get the return of FBI agent Jimmy Wu and the return Great. of no longer Sorry, an intern. Go ahead. He, when you say Jimmy Wu, you kind of have to do the. You got to do the card flip. You got to do the card flip. nailed thing. it. Uh, and also, yeah, like, later on, he, the, he, takes, uh, he takes, like, the handcuffs off. And he's like, flourish. Just lets him fall. <laughs> um, but then the return of no longer an intern, but now Dr. Darcy Lewis. Because during the blip, she continued on with her schooling and became a doctor in astrophysics. So good for her. Well done. And she figures out, she's the one that figures out that, hey, in the background radiation of the universe, there is this weird television show being broadcast. I like she's like, get me a TV. Nothing flat. Like, she needs, like, the old, like, tube TV to uh, pull it. Uh, that episode is my favorite because that's kind of the the coming together of all these characters. Well, you don't really know Monica yet, but getting to see her flashback just with her kind of coming back from the Hulk snap after the blip, I think that was a really powerful and surprising moment because up until this point, yes, we know Hulk had brought people back, but we hadn't seen it. And this was something that we would see again later done kind of for comedic effect in Spider-Man, but then also uh, to a little bit more fair depth than Black Widow, which I think did it the exact same way that WandaVision does. Just that kind of like hecticness of like, where's, where's my mom? Like, she should be out of surgery. Like what's going on. And then just the doctor being like, no, that she died three years ago, which two years after you disappeared, like just to kind of set the, set the tone for her character and what she's going to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I, uh, I, I agree. I, I agree with like the fourth episode being like, it was a great turning point the first time we watched it when it was finally like, okay, what is everybody else doing while all this stuff is happening? Um, yeah, it's the show is, is really well done. I think this show and a lot of the other shows work the best in that first time kind of watching it. Uh, rewatching it, I still had a good time. I still was impressed by the stuff that they did. But again, it's the same thing when when you watch a Marvel movie. 
you're waiting for that next kind of outcome or you're waiting for the outcome of what's going to happen. Who's, you know, who's going to win the battle? What's going to happen? This, the only problem with this is it's now four times as long as a movie. So it's a lot more, it's a lot more of my time, my time now Um, to, to, and also, I, I could be okay with that, though, because it gives you those time with those characters. Like, to kind of what Paul was saying before, that turn for Wanda was, like, too fast in, mm-hmm. um, I was going to say Captain America. It's not. It's Doctor Strange. Like, it was too quick for her to be like, oh, now now I'm the bad guy. Because it's literally within, like, the first moment that you see her. But yeah. the rest of that movie has to deal with them, like, rallying back, fighting against her. And then she has that moment at the end where she gets to see her kids. You didn't have like too quick of a turn because like you said, we have eight episodes here between 20 to 40 minutes each that they can space out that character because they're, yes, they're jumping to other characters, but it's not like they have to dwell on any of them for too long because we're in TV. Like five minutes is like a quarter of your episode. But they also pull the rug out from underneath you with a character with Petro. Because they introduce him in uh, episode five. Like, oh, yeah, I'm your long lost brother. Let me squeeze the heck out of you, little sis. And then, but he's not him at all. But it's the actor who played Quicksilver in the X-Men. Yeah. Which all revved up. No, I loved that moment because that's fans bringing that like, oh, they're doing this. They're bringing him in. And no, like it's part of the storytelling for that that episode and for Wanda where it's like well why do, why don't you look the same it's like I don't know you're the one that brought me back like maybe you just can't can't deal with the trauma like Darcy said but it's not, did, it's they, not she do, did she recast Pietro in that episode the, when we first see him so we don't know what's happening as the audience I I think that that was such a great moment and I'm glad they pulled the rug out from that because it, I think it worked so much better than that actually being Pietro. And then he's just there for that like cameo appearance Mm -hmm. because it's just someone that Agatha is trying to use to get information from Wanda. Right. And yes, it might've been a little bit more of a gut punch if it had actually been Aaron Taylor Johnson in that role. But I think, as a fan, seeing Evan Peters pop up was kind of like a, oh, like, cool. Like, because at that point, too, inside the fan bubble, we already knew we were going to be heading towards a multiverse of madness and, like, things were going to be getting weird and creepy. So, And we it, were thinking maybe this is the intro to the X-Men. Maybe this is what brings the X-Men. Like, I feel like this series gave us a lot of, like, oh, maybes. And then by the end of it, and then when it finally pays off in the movies, it's like, no, it just told us no. Everything yeah, but that was a lot of other people bringing in their own baggage. I think when they initially said. Yeah, but when they purposely lead you by casting that actor as Quicksilver, they're leading the audience. I You think- can't be upset with the audience by making the jump to that next platform when the everybody involved is laying out that 
platform for you to jump on. I I can see where you're coming from, Paul, but I also can see where they were going. Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we bring in the guy who played Quicksilver in the X-Men stuff and then it turns out he's just an actor in this world who would have been in, who would have been an actor mm-hmm. who could have played Quicksilver in their universe. Like that's where I think they were going from. But yeah, that's an Andy Kaufman the, kind of joke though. That's like a joke for the people on the inside of the joke, but yeah. it's being played on the audience. It's not, it's not a joke that we as the audience then go, oh, got us. I, no, I, I did. I, I did. did. I. But a lot of people are mad about that because it's like, oh, you're going to bring him back but not be Quicksilver? Yes, because that was you bringing like your fan casting fan wants into it. And this wasn't a show necessarily about that. This was a show about grief. And here's the thing, too, is like the people who were bringing – People have been bringing their own crazy stuff into these things. Think about the last Star Wars movies, everybody's fan theories. When um, when Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness came out, one of the guys at work, I was like, oh, you saw it. How'd you like it? He goes, it sucked. And I was like, oh, really? Like, what didn't you like about it? And he's like, Tom Cruise was an Iron Man in it. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't think he was supposed to be. He's like, Everybody online was telling me they were gonna he was gonna be Iron Man. Like, okay, but you didn't have any proof. You just had a bunch of people saying that they think that. And that ruined it for him that Tom Cruise wasn't in the movie. But that was other people bringing stuff. They were I will give you this, Paul. They were purposely bringing stuff in to create water cooler conversations. That's what I, I wanted to talk about this at some point because Be, because that's what this show did and this that's what Mandalorian did. Yeah. Every Mandalorian episode everybody was talking about it. Everybody at work was talking about it for the last couple of weeks. Everybody at work we've been talking about Last of Us. Everyone at work is talking about Last of Us now, and I haven't watched, like, the last three episodes. So someone I haven't seen in, like, a week today was like, oh, you still watching Last of Us? I'm like, oh, I haven't seen anything past the episode where they go into the city. And everyone's like, oh, we can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Let me counterpoint that, John, with water cooler moments. And that, we will talk. I, I do. I'm not trying to skew the earth away from water cooler moments. My 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 argument is the difference between this show and the Mandalorian is the Mandalorian didn't have uh, at the end of season two, a green lightsaber wielding Jedi destroy all those uh, dark troopers and then cut off in that episode. And everybody's like, Oh man, that has to be Luke Skywalker, right? Like that was Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. It was that was blah, 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 you know, and have everybody talking, everybody excited that we got to see Luke again. And then the next episode come up or not even the next episode, like the a whole other film franchise, <laughs> like another be like, no, that wasn't Luke at all. That was uh, that was Kit Fisto. And he just borrowed Luke's lightsaber. And it was like, what? Huh? Yeah, but uh, you kind of had that if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett and you watched Mandalorian this Today, you're like, what? 
he's got Baby Yoda again? Well, that's true. That's true. I can understand where you're coming from, Paul. I don't understand your anger towards it all. You seem like really put out by it, or you are just taking everybody else's put outness, putting on your shoulders, and now letting it all out, being the voice of a bunch yeah. of. Yeah, because I, I was upset when I saw Multiverse of Madness. And I'm like, okay, during this rewatch, Maybe there's things that I missed that will make me less upset about Multiverse of Madness. And then during this rewatch, I was becoming more and more upset about Multiverse of Madness. And that's where I've ended up. But let's get back to the water cooler moments because I think. So I just want to like. Okay, go ahead. Dwell on that for a second because I don't think you're wrong to feel upset about Multiverse of Madness because. The efficiency of storytelling isn't really there because it's a Doctor Strange movie. And yes, Wanda's the antagonist in it, and she has like an overwhelming presence in the film. But the movie still needs to be Doctor Strange's story. And it's not only Doctor Strange's story because now it's also America Chavez's story. But they're still trying to tell Wanda's story in there. But they're still trying to do stuff with Wong because... Wong is basically like the glue holding together a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about coming up. But then they also still need to jump through the multiverses because they're delivering on this like multiverse of madness presence. And then they're introducing all these new takes on characters, but then old takes on characters for some of that kind of fan service moment that you might have been robbed of in WandaVision because it wasn't actually Quicksilver. It was someone. But hey, you got Captain Carter. You got fan cast. Uh. Reed Richards, you got Professor Xavier, like those moments were in there. But then all those characters were killed off. So I don't think there's a big difference between, oh, it's not Quicksilver, it's Ralph Boner versus like, oh, hey, the multiverse is here. Reed Richards. Oh, no, he's spaghetti now. Like, I think those are two kind of the same things where they're playing with the idea of the multiverse, but you can't go in with your expectations too much for that everything's going to matter because they're literally going to tell you what matters because not all those characters are going to walk out of there and also isn't there a moment when professor x goes into her mind and she finds her locked away yeah she's like in the rubble like of the yeah so there is those moments where it's showing that she is locked away and has been taken control of by the dark old and also you have you have or is like, that your fan reaction and your fan reading into it. But you or is that like, what they have set up? Because, you know, they could just introduce you to a character that looks that is Quicksilver, but isn't Quicksilver. But, <laughs> or, also, but they they would it, it's not Quicksilver because you wouldn't knowing that as a fan that that actor played Quicksilver in something else. And they're telling you <laughs> that it's Quicksilver, but it's. They're even talking about how that's not Quicksilver. They make the jokes the all show. the time. There's some, there's just something about my brother that just doesn't seem right. Yeah, like the Halloween episode is like you're different, right? But also you have like how how does this in this not work for you? And again, Paul, you probably didn't see it, but the X Factor showing up in uh, or X Force showing up in Deadpool, and then they all get. Killed. I haven't seen Deadpool 2. No. Yeah. They they just get they, – they, they, they put the team together. 
They all jump out of an airplane and everybody dies. Shatterstar, everyone has horrible, gruesome deaths. And it's hilarious and it's fun. And it's the psych got you. Like we put the team together. We had a whole montage. You know why? Because I didn't spend a week talking with my friends in between them jumping out of the plane and them but dying Paul, and getting Paul, excited we didn't, about them. We didn't talk about it. You didn't watch it all at once. We were weeks behind. You were weeks behind us. I think I kept up. What once I started watching it, I got caught up. But Paul, it was like we were already watching Captain America, and you were like, "Guys, <laughs> I just started watching it. It's great. I love it." All right. <laughs> I I just wanted to like talk about um that before we got to sidebar because I did not because think that we thing. were gonna get derailed talking no, about that. It's character. okay because that happens. I think I appreciate WandaVision more than Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange is still like a fun movie and there's stuff I really liked in it. But I think Doctor Strange kind of suffers from the MCU ness of it, where it has to continue on a story, but introduce other things and bring back in stuff from some other property. Um, and we went to go see Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania the other night. And when we were driving back, my review of it was, I think I liked it more than Black Panther Wakanda forever because Wakanda forever had, I mean, definitely like a cloud hanging over just because of the loss of Chadwick Boseman. But I think Wakanda Forever also suffered from the, okay, we're going to try to tell a continuing story, but still introduce all this other stuff because we have other stories that we need to tell with these characters down the road. And Ant-Man didn't have that because Ant-Man was able to pull on some threads, but it didn't really introduce anything different. So some of those character moments could live and breathe because we were already in that story. Like I think spoilers for when we wind up talking about Wakanda forever, they could have pulled out all the Riri Williams stuff and that movie would have been exactly the same. But those moments that she wasn't appearing in there, I have no issues with the character or Dominique Thorne. I think she did great as the character, but it brought the black Panther story to a halt when I'm already invested in what's going on between like Wakanda and their battle with like, and you can Namor. say the same thing about uh, what's his, the colonizer. Uh, I forget his name in the, Oh, um, oh Martin, Martin Freeman's character. Yeah. Martin Freeman's yeah, character. Same, I can't same remember thing because character's all name. the stuff with him, um, Everett Ross, all the yeah. stuff with him and who you find out is his ex-wife, Valentina, who's going to be appearing in Thunderbolts. Same thing. Like, I like that character. I like seeing him in things. But now that was another layer on top of a movie that I didn't need. So. I didn't have a quick phone call like, hey, heads up. Yeah. Everybody at the U.N. is like annoyed with Wakanda right now. Like You might have to deal with this. And also we'll talk about it in like eight more episodes of these when we get to it. But. I hate what they did to Okoye in that movie. Like, she was one of my favorite characters in Black Panther, and then they just completely just derailed Sandbag, pulled the rug out from under that character, just to be like, okay, no, here's a new suit of armor that you didn't want. Go be badass. 
she was already badass. Just let her do her thing. Like, come on. Anyways, I have a beer. <laughs> I, I want to talk about it because it's really good. Sorry you guys ready for yours? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say I started drinking uh, the chocolate turn and burn. Uh, and I think it's awful. So I only had a couple sips. I'm not going to take an additional sip. Um, it is probably the worst out of the three power ranking vanilla regular chocolate. Uh, but when Paul, you're ready to talk about your other half, I opened an uh, other half as well. Yeah, I'm ready have... to drink my uh, multi chroma. This is the double dry hopped, and this has Citra, Galaxy, Mosaic, Simcoe, Nelson, Manitouk, Manitaka, Man. Motuka, Motuka, Motukika. I can see it on a can, but I don't know how it's pronounced. I was so confident that I could pronounce all of them, and then I ran into that wall. And this is a 6.3% alcohol by volume. And this is, yeah, this is, I'm liking it better than the all citra everything. I think this is more complex. I would never be able to pick out any one of those pops. That's Just, why you need to drink all the chromas that are, are the individual hot flavors and then try them against each other. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is, so Paul, like, like my beer that I'm drinking from other half has Citra, Mosaic, El Dorado, and Nelson uh, Savon. Okay. Tastes, <laughs> yeah. tastes nice. Like, I'm not going to, like... New England style beers are just to give you these great mouthfeels and big citrus pops, lemon zest, this, yeah. this, this. Back in the day when it was the bitter beers, the mm-hmm. bitter IPAs, you could be like, oh, yeah, Simcoe, Citra, this, this, this. Yeah. We did it with um, what McKellar put out, those IPAs yeah. that all were those single hops. Mm-hmm. And we drank them side by side. That's how I figured out what hops I liked. Yeah. And the seas. We had those conversations. <laughs> so. But not Centennial. <laughs> not Centennial. Um, I could probably be okay with Centennial now. Uh, but other half does that now as well with, like I just said, you can have this chroma that has all of those. You can get all the individual chromas <laughs> as well. And the thing is. All Citra everything is all Citra hops. So that's mm-hmm. just that. They have all Mosaic everything. They have all this everything. They have well, that. Founders does the same thing with uh, Mosaic Promise. Uh, they Which they don't, they don't make anymore. Centennial. They do make. Oh, they do make? Centennial's yeah, still that, around. That's like a seasonal release for them now. Yeah. Uh, I have 15 packs of that year round. Oh, really? Okay. I, yep. I thought that was like a. I thought like they seasonal, had like, one it's other like three, one four that months. was. One hop only. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. But other breweries have done a single yeah. hop. There was the the smash that were huge, which was yeah. single malt, single hop. I think I'm thinking about Red's Rye from Founders. Yeah, that's seasonal. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. There's a difference between. I don't live Chris, next to the brewery anymore, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, even then, you wouldn't know because they brewed stuff just for the brewery. And I can't get any founders down here. It took me like a year to get the all-day haze. 
I'm still waiting to see the rest of the uh, Masagafes pop up down here randomly. <laughs> you know, I go to the beer store like once a week. John goes to the beer store five days a week. I spent eight hours in there. And spends eight hours there. I spend like 30 to 40 minutes waiting for them to text me back like, hey, what beers did you guys get this week? <laughs> As I look around. And, and I don't want to speak for Chris, but I'm thinking about the same. About the same. Uh, yeah. But uh, back to Wanda. No, I, I, I stopped talking about my beer. You're talking about your beer. And now a dramatic reading. <laughs> uh, and I'm having from other half their spinach. This is an IPA it's coming in. It. Broccoli. Yep, this is a spinach. This is the one you guys refused to let me drink that episode. And I had to drink my broccoli and cheddar. Uh, <laughs> stop him from drinking it, Chris. Do it. Stop. Uh, yeah. I, so this wrench. You got to go eat a wrench now, you bitch. Uh, wrench is delicious. I know. Uh, I want you to eat an actual arts. wrench. Oh, I, I don't have the teeth. Bite into it. I'm going to call you the craftsman after that. Uh, who am I? Matter eater lad? Hmm, that's a legion of superheroes. Uh, 7%, uh, brewed with hand-selected blend of hops, giving a notes of tangerine, mango, bright stone fruits, and gooseberry. Uh, this is nice. It's got a nice mouthfeel. It's another half beer. It's yeah, always good. And yeah, you drink them next to each other. It's tough to pinpoint what it is you like about it. They figured out that malt base. They figured out the hops. They figured out the names. And people spend a shitload of money on these beers. Yeah, they're really good. They should be an occasion beer. Like, hey, you want you're going over to a friend's house and you want to like impress them a little bit. You you, you bring those beers over. So thank you, Greg. You have impressed me. <laughs> uh, I am gonna strongly disagree. Everyone should come to my beer store and buy other half. At stacks and stacks and stacks of it. I also have the beer stacks on stacks from other half. Buy them all. Chris, what are you drinking? I don't live there, so I can't. But what I did buy this week, uh, when I went to my beer store last week, they did have a end cap of all Boulevard beers. Um, and I saw something different because I thought about getting the rye on rye, but I was like, it's really good. I've had it before. I don't need to get it. I wouldn't mind getting it, but I don't need to. Uh, but then, bottom corner of the shelf, I saw something I haven't had before. And this was the Churro Grande. Uh, and this is an imperial brown ale with cinnamon and natural flavors. And I was like, I don't like churros that much. But... You, you miss Paul and I both put our heads back like, what's wrong with this guy? I don't know. Like, the same it, reaction. It's a cinnamon, all right, so, sugar, donut in a tube form. So it's yes. like a hot dog shaped donut. So I, again, live in Orlando, Florida, where churros flow like water down here. And I'm much more of... <laughs> it, Universal has churros. Disney has flor- like churros. They're just everywhere. Like it happens. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But you know the Disneyland people say that the Disney World churros are hot garbage. I, I'll have, should never I don't be know. eaten. So and for the me, Disneyland they're all people the same. 
keep keep their like churros like on a pedestal. Like that's the thing. I'm more of a savory snack person. I know this about myself. But whenever I have a churro, I'm like, okay, that's all right. I I don't get the hype about them. Well, you know um, what? But why? Because they're not having the Disneyland churro. That that could be it. Who knows? When I go there, I'll let you know if maybe I I come around and I'm a churro person. Bangle broadcast, boys. <laughs> Road trip. I do like churro inspired stuff because i love cinnamon i i love sugar i mean i'm an american right um so i saw this i was like okay that sounds interesting and i drank a bottle of it and it wasn't until i was sending you guys the picture of what i had picked up that i was like oh i didn't realize that this was also barrel aged because this beer is 13.5 (laughs) percent and it hides it so well behind that cinnamon sugar sweetness um, it's such like a, a sugar bomb. Like it's delicious. I really love this beer. Yanni had one and she was like, oh, it doesn't taste like churros. I was like, I don't know if I like it. I'm like, oh, it's 13.5%. And she was like, oh, it's like, yeah. So drink carefully. Um, it's really good. And again, like I like that flavor profile, but. Maybe I just haven't been wowed by the right churro yet. This beer wowed me, though. Like, this is absolutely fantastic. I mean, obviously, it's the biggest boy of the night, so I saved it for the end. The other day when I did have this, I do not remember the rest of my night. That was also when I had been sitting out on the porch. (laughs) Day drinking. (laughs) Drinking and reading comics. So I think I had three or four all day haze. I had a juice force and then I had one of these. So the rest of the night, yeah, that'll, that'll, I don't, that'll do, I don't know. It's my, it was my Sunday. Also, off. Like being outside I, would obviously give you frostbite at this time of year. So, you uh, know, you gotta, no, I was sweating cause I live in Orlando, uh, but I, everybody, everybody did talk about their beers, right? Like, but, but before, uh, before we get into the rest of one division, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but we all enjoy Dots pretzels. And Chris, you picked up the Dots Cheetos too, right? Yes, I haven't had them yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, right. I, I thought we were going to do a so, review of the Cheetos, but no, not, this not yet. Uh, they're not Cheetos. They're just, just cheese puffs or cheese snacks. Cheese curls. Um, yeah. No, cheese but curls. like I'm pretty darn fucking good, though. I'm spreading. Do the they word. have the zing, John? They got the zing. They got uh, the zing. Right? They got the zing. Oh, yeah. such, a, such a good zing. So, oh, this wherever, zing. Wherever you live, look for Dots pretzels. If you cannot find them, ask your specialty market. Like if you have like a, a gourmet market. I think you could order them on market. Amazon, too. Do you it. Eat the Southwest. They're, the Southwest ones are so good. Um, I, 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 I got to search for those. So much better so, than the original, right, Chris? Well, before we get into it. Uh, well, oh, hold, hold, story time. Before we get back to WandaVision. Um, we've talked about Dots pretzels a lot just between this ourselves. This is what happens when there's no Weeking Geek. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, you know, I, I was, like, I have a trainee at work, so I was, like, talking to her, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's these... Because she was, like, it was one of those, like, oh, you know, what did you do? I was, like, oh, well, like, I have a weekly Skype call with my friends still until I do a podcast, because that's a whole, whole thing. She doesn't need to know that. I was, like, oh, like... Like, we were talking about, like, these pretzels because, like, my friend John had it. And he's like, these are the best pretzels ever. And then I found them at, like, 
my beer store and I picked them up and I was like, oh my gosh, these are so good. And then our other friend found some and he's like, oh my gosh, like I got these ones. And she was like, I haven't had that one. So she's like, oh my gosh. I was like, next time I see them, I'm going to buy us a bag and I'm going to bring them in. So when I went to my beer store, they had the cheese curls. So I bought a bag of those and then I bought the original and I brought the original ones into work. And I was like, okay, these are the pretzels that I was talking about going like and i ripped open the bag like in front of her and like she was in she was like oh my god like she was almost in tears and then today like was her day off and she texted me that she was like found a bag like i'm sharing them with my boyfriend right now like everyone needs to evangelize these pretzels as much as possible because they're that good i hate they're pretzels. available at the cracker barrel Really? Yes. Okay, Kid so you can I, buy like woodblock puzzles and das pretzels. Yes. Uh, Kid and I, we we had like an all American day. Uh, I was wearing my flannel. Then we went over because she was uh, coat shopping. So we went over to Cabela's, and I'm like, you know what? After being in Cabela's, you know where I want to eat? Freaking ca- Cracker Barrel. Like it's just like. Let's let's do it. And we were nearby. And I'm like, we're going. We're going to Cracker Barrel. And of course, you get there, and you gotta wait. You always gotta wait. And you're in that so gift shop do. area, and uh, I see a freaking Dots pretzels up there, and I'm like, those are upcharged. Those are upcharged by two dollars. I just want to put this out there right now. Last time I ate at a Cracker Barrel was 2011. It's because I went with super friend of the show, Janet, aka jojo tough as nails because both of us like we didn't have like family to eat with that day because my mom was working and like all of her family didn't live in new york uh so we went to go see the muppets because that was released in theaters that was disney's like thanksgiving release so we saw the muppets and then we ate at the cracker barrel outside the regal theater on transit so that was my thanksgiving 2011 (laughs) Last time I ate at a Cracker Barrel. Don't remember what I had, but I remember being like, yeah, this is what I expected from Cracker Barrel. Uh, I'm eating next to a chair bolted to the wall. Okay. Is that a butter churn? I think so. I Last time I ate at a Cracker Barrel was probably before 2011. I was with my dad, and I was just uh, having a field day with their big frosty mugs of apple cider delicious it's all i remember about it i don't that's a thing is that always the thing i don't rem, i don't remember I don't that no i've only been to cracker barrel once really only once yeah i mean i'll be there in april guys ground round oh ground round we went to like once every other week like ground round was like well that it was like the was applebee's right next, of the time no 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 because the, the ground that, round was great because kids you pick up. You, pay what you, you had to pay your weight, so you got to stand up on that huge scale and be like, "Up, oh, uh, sixty-five cents." That's why the McGowan boys were always so skinny. <laughs> had to make our money we're, in the ground. Hey round. guys, we're going to ground round. You can't eat anything though. Make your weight. You, you get the Sunday in the baseball helmet. That's it. That was at friendlies. Oh. I thought they did a ground round too. What was the uh, what was was it Swiss Chalet that was by your uh, your place where you lived with Bill? Yeah, it's Swiss Chalet. Now a, uh, 
Doodlebugs. <laughs> a Doodlebugs? They closed down all the Swiss Chalets in America, and that was like that one hurt because Swiss Chalet was so good. It, it was good. They're, they're, like, they're, when, they're pot pie? The, oh, oh the just pot like pie the, the, the sauce that they had made too. from the drippings from like the rotisserie chicken. Because oh, yeah. I wanted to go there the one time, and like we literally like we walked over there. And it was closed, and they had just like a printed out sign, like, "Oh, we're sorry, we're closed. Please see our like closest location." And it was like Toronto or like Mississauga, <laughs> Canada. I was like, "Oh, no, no, sorry." Well, that's not fair. Here in Buffalo, like the closest place is always Canada. Yeah, but I'm sorry, you driving in an hour and a half to go to Swiss Chalet? No. It's Kenny Rogers Roasters all over again. All the Kenny Rogers Roasters are closed, except, like, for some reason, they're alive and thriving in, like, Thailand and Korea. There was a whole Seinfeld episode devoted to Kenny Rogers Roasters. Don't exist in America anymore. But you know what does exist in America? Sitcoms. <laughs> Let's get back to Wanda. Like Seinfeld. Such a smooth transition, so, Chris. I'm I'm glad they didn't do a Seinfeld like inspired episode. Just like the inherent meanness of that, okay. I don't think would lend to this. Uh, so for like the uh, '90s, they did uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and then 2000s it was more like Office, uh, Modern Family, like pseudo, like faux documentary inspired. And it's those episodes where you start to really get into Wanda's head now to deal with her grief and just everything that's been happening. That is literally all her fault, but she doesn't want to like really like dwell on it or admit to it um, until you get those episodes where it's revealed that their nosy neighbor, Agnes, who's been there all along, is actually Agatha Harkness. And it was her all along with a big Munsters Adams family inspired ballad that I absolutely fucking love that so much that for Christmas breaking the fourth wall, like Christmas, like two years ago, Yanni actually bought me like a black t-shirt that says like Agatha all along because I was just listening to that song <laughs> like on Spotify. Cause so good. Yeah. I'm um, looking up the exact but, moment where it starts. So I can give you the uh, the minute <clears throat> counter. We're not counting this anymore, Paul. It's fine. Uh, uh, I do think oh, here it is. It is at uh basically 29 minutes into the episode of episode seven. You can just go there and get what the closed captioning says is peppy music. It's pretty peppy. Peppy music bam, playing. Bam, 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 bam. I don't know if that was Agatha all along or just me doing like. No, monsters. no, that was it. Nailed okay. it. <laughs> that was like the dramatic reading. They um, all live simultaneously in my head. That's just bam, what I bam. hear. Uh, I really enjoyed that kind of like twist. Everybody from the get go was assuming that Agnes was going to be Agatha Harkness because her name began with an A and she was wearing like a cameo brooch. And I was like, yep. That's who it's going to be. This character's been there for Scarlet Witch's like career. Helped Razor was a mentor to her. Like, and I'm okay with that playing to truth. Like, that's fine because 
I ultimately really did enjoy Catherine Hahn in this role. I think any moment that she's on screen, like she absolutely like steals the show and I loved it. I'm, I know it's been pushed back. That was something we could have talked about in Weekend Geek. Um, apparently, Agatha Coven of Chaos is having some difficulties. I'm assuming it's story related, just because they're like, oh, people really like this character. There's some, there's some play. Let's make a show. And then everyone's like, what's the show gonna be? And they're like, can we bring back the saxophone numbers? <laughs> um, so I'm I'm okay with them taking their time having it having it ne- get the attention that it needs. But Catherine Hahn, like absolutely fantastic. Well, because she got to play the characters that ate the scene. Like mm-hmm. she was the nosy neighbor. She was the over the top sex crazed high libido friend of the girl you know uh he was i think it was like the 2000s episode where she takes away tommy and billy and she's like ah, don't worry kids i don't bite and then like it cuts to her like interview because she's like oh i did bite a child once <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was very loved it so good yeah because in all the episodes before that it's like you know ralph you know and then she has the one line there singer about Ralph, her husband. Yeah, her husband. but that's so sitcom-y where you just like hear you about never, someone. You, she always mentions Ralph, but never you never see Ralph. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like Wilson, you never saw his face. He's always behind the fence. I didn't stay on uh, Home Improvement Up. Did they ever actually wind up showing his face at like the end of the series at all? I don't know. Like, I, don't final know. I think even during his final curtain call, he comes out. With a little with, fence in front of with his With a little face. fence in front of him oh. to take the bow in the season. That's fine. Season that's fun. But I would have just liked some kind of payoff, I guess, to that gag. It changes nothing about my life. You get I, that payoff any time that he sh- showed up on any morning like talk show. Was he on morning talk shows? Literally, by the time you sure up, I'm going to need to Google because I need to see yeah. what he looks like. We'll check like. if he was ever on Regis and Filmin. Or not Regis and Filmin. I'm Regis and I'm Filmin. We're both bad at things. Regis <laughs> and um, uh, Kathy. That, that was that was the original one, right? Yeah, that was it. Kathy Lee. Uh, I do like when we finally do get our Wanda Maximoff like origin story, though, where we go through her past traumas that made her into the person she is. Yeah, and that brings sympathy to that character again to show why she isn't the villain of this story. So that episode, again, started to... I'm like, okay, okay, I can kind of see how she's the villain here. Okay, I'm ready to accept that she's a... And then you bring me to this previously on episode... Where it brings you full circle to be like, no, no, she's sympathetic and she's not really the villain. And then the series finale is like her facing a villain. And I think that's also the strength of having like Monica Rambeau in the show where she's like, no, I know this isn't you. You're an Avenger. You've lost someone. I've gone through that. Jimmy Woo, Darcy, everybody's rooting for her. Rooting for her. And I think. 
again, that, and that's why that fourth episode is my favorite because it introduces all these characters that we know and like will know, but they're all sympathetic humans. Like they're all there versus uh, director Hayward. Who's just like the, no, like I'm here for this weapon. Like how did she bring vision back? Because that's what the boys in R and D are struggling with. Like, how are we going to do this? Um, I liked seeing, well, it, it sounds weird to say it, but that moment that was kind of the catalyst for Juan and Pietro signing up for Hydra with the Stark yeah. Industries missile landing in their their house, killing their family, just being immobilized for two days. Um, I liked the flashbacks to the stuff that we had also seen snippets of before with her at the Hydra facility where she actually gets empowered by the Mind Stone. Her at the Avengers compound, having just a quiet moment with the vision. Like, I I like that, and that's why I'm glad this was done in the movie, because to John's point, yes, this is eight hours of Wanda and Vision, but we got Wanda and Vision in it more than we had in any of their other movies, or probably all of their other movie appearances combined, and Oh, 100%. I, I really liked living with these characters. Now, the, I, the one thing I do have to ask you, Chris, is did you... Did you feel the same way that, like, Paul and I had said? Like, were you, like, in it to win it the whole time rewatching those? Or did you have those moments where you're kind of like, eh? Um... Great question, because I did go into it a little bit more la di da because I had watched it before, and this was something that I was watching week to week because, oh, is my my theory going to pay off? Is, is this w- what's happening? And I liked having that moment of like, oh, it was lost all over again. Like, I was excited to watch TV and have something to talk to people about. Going into it now, it was much more, I haven't watched it since it aired, streamed, however you want to call it. So this was my first revisit to it. So I watched it all the other night on the couch while I was on my phone playing Marvel Snap because I was like, okay, this can be on the background. And I know when to pay attention now because... I, I'm waiting for those big moments when it's Wanda and Vision having his boss over for dinner. That's fun. Like, that's cute. I like that they use practical effects like they would have on those sitcoms to the, make the, stuff flow. Like, yeah. love it. <clears throat> Didn't need to necessarily sit there and, like, watch it like, mm. she says, my husband with his unbreakable head. That's possibly a reference to the fact that he's made of vibranium or the fact that Thanos stripped the mind stone out. Make a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't go into this with that mind frame because I think as a TV show, you don't have to watch it that way because it's supposed to be like <clears throat> episode to episode to episode. And there's big threads of things I wanted to like mention, which we did. But for the most part, I think I went in just like it's a, it's a TV show. I can sit down and just let this happen and then be like, oh, I should talk about Jimmy Woo doing the car trick because that's payoff from Ant-Man. He wanted to know how Scott did that. You know, the one thing I want to mention that we haven't mentioned. 
that I think played a big part in the fan conversation about the show is the commercials. Oh yeah. I, I did want to talk about that, but because it hasn't like popped up yet. We were all like pulling our hair out trying to figure out what each commercial meant. And now that we know we've seen the aftermath, it didn't matter. It was vibes. It was just giving us vibes. That's all it was. And I like that it was all callbacks to Wanda's trauma. Like it was all there to show something that she had been dealing with from like the toaster being like the, the red blinking light. That was the same sound that the missile that landed in their house made. Um, the next one was the Strucker watch, which it, I'm not a watch person. I hate wearing things, but it looked like a nice watch. But the fact that it was a Strucker watch and it had like the Hydro logo on it. Cool. Lagos paper towels. What do you need to clean up a mess that you made is the callback to the Civil War that started the Sokovia Accords. I I like that they put those in. And to Paul's point, like that was a massive thing that people were talking about. It's like, who are these people that are just appearing in these commercials? Are they going to be important? Is this their parents? Well, no, we know because we actually get to see her parents in like the flashback episode. It's just two random people that are appearing in this. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't need to mean anything. It's, I think, more of the framing device to let you know you're now out of the show or the show within the show because you're seeing something different. But they're also connecting to all of her trauma throughout her entire life. Like they have they do have meaning. And when you realize what they all mean, they're all connected to her trauma, whether it be Strucker, who gave her her powers, whether it be the the bomb that killed her family, like everything that's in there has something that is a, a weight on her psyche. Which one of the things I was doing as I was watching the episodes and I didn't want to write it down because I didn't want this episode to be show like so um, note heavy of like, oh, this is an Easter egg for this. Um, apparently there's a lot of callbacks to Avengers issues with like some of the numbers or like time codes you see that reference like important like Scarlet Witch or Vision issues of the comics. But one of the ones I thought was like the most cool is like when they have the commercial for the Strucker watch, like the time on it is 2.42, which is like in reference to Avengers issue number 242, where it's um, I think it's one of the ones where it's like, oh, they're rebuilding Vision as like the white Vision and it's him being like devoid of emotion, which leads into when you get ship of thesis, white Vision that is he Vision? He is. But is he? No, I hope he goes but to is Wakanda. He? I hope when he leaves, he goes straight to Wakanda and it's like, Siri, you were trying to like do the things. And get the backup. Download that backup. So, Paul, I think the Strucker watch commercial is my favorite. Do you have a favorite commercial? Nope. Because the magic one with the shark, which everybody thought was super important, doesn't matter. Uh, but it does matter. 
big yogurt. It does because like the sharks inviting the kid to eat yo magic, which is basically yeah. what Agatha was doing by feasting on everyone else's magic, mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately Wanda not or Agatha not being able to do that with Wanda, like she withers on the vine, she can't. So that's Paul's pick, one with the claymation <laughs> shark. It John, is fun. Did you have a, a favorite? I like the Strucker watch one. It's just, it's, it's that weird pseudo classy that you remember where it's just like someone in like a tuxedo standing there and you're like, damn, I'm not, you know, it's like those diamonds are forever. You know, like those, those commercials that you'd, you'd never smell that perfume. You'd never have anything to do, you know, like it, it never had that connection to you, but you saw those kind of commercials a million times. Uh, Yanni just came back from being out with her family, but she also, from her Wanda shelf, grabbed her, like, mini statue that's, it's Wanda, like, from the Halloween episode at, like, the, the town, uh, Halloween party. I thought she brought you a churro. Oh, she's, she's bringing me something else. What is it? It's her pin collection. (laughs) It's, uh, Wanda and Vision, like, morphing oh. between like television versions of themselves yeah. and then they have like the supporting cast as like the people in the back those are cool they're super cool um oh i just dropped it oh she's bringing me something else from her wanda shelf it's and you know what you, it's you halloween wanda if you want to bring us something you can bring us a rating. Oh wait, do we want oh, to do I'm a not, power ranking? No, we're, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. we're not done. Oh, um, we're not I done. do think oh. a couple things I just want to like put out there before we head on because this does set up her next appearance in um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because something we didn't really get to talk about, but we mentioned she does get her twins Tommy and Billy, who we know as Young Avengers, Wiccan and Speed appear in this. Um, long anticipated to appear in the MCU as actual Young Avengers. Uh, there is a post-credit scene to this episode that has Monica Rambeau going to the theater in town to meet with uh, a scroll who says, "Like, hey, like big guy wants you back. Like, you're being called back into service." And it's like, "Hey, where is he?" And like, just points up nebulously to to the sky to sign like, yeah, Nick Fury, he's, he's, in he's still here. Like he wants you back. Like, because we will see her back as a, I, they haven't given her a name yet. Like photon captain Marvel Two, no, spectrum. She's had a lot of different names. I think she's a Marvel. She's a Marvel. Um, coming back. Be- uh, I'm does, she have a, does she have a uh, during the series I'm forgetting now it's Monica Rambeau but does she have a at no point do they give her like a call sign or like code name or anything no no I mean like no just a like a rank I don't think so no yeah. but did she also I, make I do captain? like the I do like that we get Sword in this, um, who has been in the X-Men comics before, is kind of like the off-world, extraterrestrial version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, 
I'm sad that we haven't had more Vision pop up yet. I don't know when that's going to actually wind up happening because, again, I love Paul Bettany in this role. I loved his showdown with the other Vision. I think that's the, like their knockdown dragout fight eventually just devolves into the two of them talking about like uh, ethics almost. Uh, I think that was fantastic, but I'm just sad that we don't know when the next time we're going to be seeing Vision is. Well, we might be getting a young Vision, a kid Vision. I mean, because now we got Kang. Now we got Kang. Uh, (laughs) And we've already had, at this point, Jimmy Woo's already popped back up again, albeit briefly in Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Mania, just like a quick cameo. Darcy hasn't appeared in anything else, though, unless I'm misremembering anything, right? Well, what else would she appear in? There's, I mean, Thor loved Thor Thunder, Lander, but she Thor, wasn't. Yeah, she wasn't in that. So, I know I do like that character. I like that they've brought her into the actual comics universe now in the Scarlet Witch book. Um, I just hope that she appears more in the MCU because she's kind of one of those characters that I feel like you need because it's that character that's going to point out just how stupid and dumb everything is. Yeah, and I like. Seen Cat Denning, so that's good. Well, we are supposed to be getting that Vision Quest. Either it's going to be like a one-hour special, or it's going to be a, a series that's supposed to be coming out. Hey, give I, me more Marvel <clears throat> presents. Yeah, I we haven't talked about it too much yet. I think the Marvel presents is what we should be getting from now on because, as much as I love the series. You give me a strong focused, like hour, hour and a half, like one shot. It, it does the job. Yeah, and give me a Marvel pre- presents where I accidentally put it in the wrong language. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Save I, that for uh, Werewolf by Night, bud. You already talked about it on the show, but you know you got to leave them wanting more. The, I think one of the things is is. We had kind of the finale of the big, the big movies, the big Marvel tentpole things. You got your follow-up Spider-Man movie, and then we had a couple years of getting the TV shows, where they were all very unique to themselves, and they took their time with these characters and did unique stuff with them. I mean, WandaVision, um, and and Loki were like two like really big different versions of those characters. And now we're getting those big movies again, we're or movies again. And a lot of people's complaints are there's, they feel rushed. There's not a lot of the story, you know, the story is missing this or this, this is missing this. And I don't know if it's like you had those big things and then you had those TV shows for those couple years before the between the movies actually coming out, where people were kind of like used to that, but also like the movies that we've gotten are movies to set up characters, and now we're starting to get movies that are setting up what the rest of the Marvel movies are gonna be, and people have been like upset about them but if you think back to those first couple marvel iron man 2 
Yeah, you 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 we look are back. stuck in the <laughs> Iron Man two phase of the I, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I I think we are entering a new phase now. Not just because we're heading from four to five. I think as viewers, we've kind of hit a critical mass. Um, I think this is a much more apropos discussion for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, but. This movie has kind of like the most divisive, like, audience rating to critic rating of any of the movies next to Eternals. But then it's also had the steepest drop off from like that first week to their second week. And I think now we've hit the point with. I mean, we're at part 25 of this because we included the one shots as one of the parts doesn't actually count, but it counts for our numbering sake. But Ant-Man and the Wasp is the 31st actual entry into MCU. I think Marvel's hit the point where they don't have casual viewers anymore. Nobody's going to the movies to say, like, oh, let's go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, see what this is all about, because they know it's entrenched in 30 movies and TV shows before it. That if they haven't seen, haven't watched, don't have that like, ah, yes, I've followed all these threads. I feel like they think that they're going to be missing out on it, which is very viable. Like, that's very true. I think when uh, Kevin Feige said like two weeks ago, like, oh, we're going to be taking a look at it and like paring down our releases. It's because they do like they've hit the point where it's we're not going to be getting more people. We're going to be struggling to keep the people that we've had. And this is going to be a very interesting part to keep up on because what we're coming into now is like that viewing at home because they couldn't put out anything. So the next like four, five things we're going to be talking about are going to be small releases only to streaming. And after that, we're dealing with the aftermath of that, which I think it's something that we need to take into account when we, we talk about these because viewing habits have changed from everything that we've talked about before to like this point now. Like WandaVision is the, all right, where are we going from here? And the other thing, too, is people are like, oh, every, you got I have Marvel fatigue. I, I think you do have a, in a sense, a superhero movie fatigue. But I feel like Marvel is in the upper echelon of these things. And then you have DC, you have Hellboy, you have all these other things that like, we're jumping on the bandwagon. Get ready. Morbius. Uh, I, I really want to really jump in here, but I need Paul to say something because I don't want to like. Wait, Morbius is a joke, joke online. Let's re-release it in the theaters. Like there's so many other bad things being put out there that are like, oh, yeah, hey. X-Men, it's Marvel, right? And then you go to the X-Men movies and they suck huge turds. Like, there's other things that were leading to the fatigue where Marvel was pretty much on the up, the upper side of that. And while Marvel is going on the upper side of that is because they were doing genre fiction within the superheroes. So you had, oh, I'm going to see if Captain America superhero movie, which is a spy thriller version of the superhero. Then he had Thor, which suddenly became a 
over the top cosmic comedy. Yeah. Uh, with a Shakespeare flair um, thing. And then he had, you know, your Iron Man, which was a classic, like, science fiction, you know, inspired, you know, superhero. And Guardians of the Galaxy, which is, again, a cosmic uh, odyssey comedic take on superheroes. You had a different flavor. And I feel like with, uh, what is it, Phase 4, that since they Marvel like disbanded and had all those different like flavors going on, that we kind of lost the thread of what made Marvel movies of Marvel movies, and they tried to recapture it with Eternals, and it didn't quite work. And then I feel like they're trying to, at least in the marketing, because I haven't seen it yet, Ant Man and Quantumania, where where they're like, hey. This is where we pick up again, guys. This is this is the start of phase five. This is the one that matters. And other than Spider-Man, they haven't had a movie that really fits in that Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like all the other ones are just like, okay, they're there. Like Shang-Chi, it feels like Shang-Chi feels like an origin story. I and it's okay. I love it's okay. That movie. It's good. Like, that's gonna. We'll get to power rankings, but mm-hmm. I think Shang Chi's gonna be in my top ten because I really dug that movie because it seemed. Again, it's an origin story in a universe built on origin stories, but that one seemed like they cared about it more. But there's also thirty movies worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in your top um, ten, there's thirty things I, worse than it. <laughs> no. Sure, that could be very And how many are in Phase 4, Chris? I, we'll talk about those. All of them. Um, no, I think those are all very good questions. And one of the things that we were talking about like when we were coming back is, like, is the drop-off because of burnout or people just aren't going because they don't know or don't care anymore? Or is it because they know in three months they can just go on to Disney Plus? Like, Again, it's a completely different watching playfield now, and it's got to be considering this Monday Fun Day going to see Ant Man and the Wasp. But Kate has like this weird head cold, and I'm like, I'm not going to go. You know, I don't want to spend fifteen dollars and fifty cents, you know, on her ticket where she's not going to enjoy it, and then me spend fifty dollars, fifteen dollars and fifty cents on my Could- ticket. Could it be a Monday fun day where you just go see it alone? Like, hey, I'm going to go have fun. You heal. This is for you. You know, because I'm spending like, what, $4 a month on Disney Plus, and it's going to hit it soon. You know? Yeah. And at this this point, audiences have been conditioned to know, like, oh, I could go see this in the theater, but it's going to be here in a couple of months. Like, I can wait. And also, there's too much content. It's showing it in the 3D anyway. So what's... If I'm not seeing it in the... I don't think you're missing out. From what I've heard, the 3D is... It's like post-production where they're just taking the characters and making them stand out. There Mm -hmm. was, like... I randomly saw an article that popped up that was breaking down, like, recent movies and how much of it was filmed actually in 3D or with IMAX cameras. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of, like, go in knowing, like, okay, well, this much of it will actually be 
how I should be seeing it because it's built with that depth of field in mind versus like how much was converted. Um, and apparently Ant-Man was like 20% was filmed that way, but like anything that you're seeing in the quantum realm is like converted, which is because everything's computer, you know, it's all computer. but it's again, like, it's great. The thing it, the, it looks good. Like it's weird. It's super weird. I said this to like you guys, but I want to put it out in there. I love the fact that they just have Michael Douglas be the guys like, Guys, I fucking love ants. Have you seen these ants? <laughs> Let me talk to you about ants, guys. Because he's in that like old man phase of his life where he's a retiree that has something that he's hyper-focused on. And that's all that he knows. It's all that he cares about. Uh, Thor and Wakanda, I waited for... I waited for Netflix. Or I waited for uh, Disney+. Plus. And it was just... Our lives, we couldn't get there. We weren't going to make that extra time for it. But the big thing was, is I said to Caitlin, like, I really want to see Ant-Man in the, I really want to see Ant-Man on the big screen. And I think it was because I knew this was going to be a big launching point of where Marvel is going to go. But also I knew, I think I was like, I think it's going to look better on the big screen. And it looked great. It was huge. It was, it was epic. And whoa, 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 whoa. John, it's not huge. They're in the microverse or what is it called? The quantum realm. The quantum realm. This is tiny. the first Marvel movie, like in the history of everything else that we've discussed, that I have not seen opening weekend. I saw like a week after it came out because oh. like scheduling, I got sick, like it things came into life. I still want to see it as soon as possible. And like, I'm thankful we did because I did ultimately and generally enjoy it. But yeah, discussions for another time. We got to do our our power rankings, which Paul, you already kicked it off. Yeah. Sorry, John, did you have a thing to to follow up on? My thing was, is we saw it on Saturday, which was a week, maybe two weeks after it opened. Uh, I believe it was a week because a week uh, we saw it on a Saturday at 6.30 showing. There were two other people in the theater with us. See, because I went the day after you did, because we went on Sunday. And, it, again, different. We went to the AMC Dine-In at Disney Springs, which is a lot less seats. And it I think it was a mostly full theater. I want to say, like, three quarters. But it's also... Like the main rows down the middle only have six seats. So the one thing I do have to say is we went to the Regal on Transit, and they're closing all the Regals in our area. Oh so, no! That, like the Regals were the good theaters. Though I know there's like that one AMC like in like Tonawanda, but, but but when Caitlin we had gift cards and she was like, "Hey, we'll go to the Transit one." I was like, "Really? I thought it was closed." She's like, "I did too, but it's open." And the whole place was empty. I think everybody just thinks it's it's closed. So don't, I, uh, don't let that go for Ant-Man. I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Paul, your power ranking. I'm going to put this at my number 16. Or my number 17, sorry. Right below Ant-Man and the Wasp. Just because of ease of watch. And 
I feel if I try to put this on again, I'm going to zone out. I'm not going to actually sit down and watch all of the episodes. I'm going to pick and choose the episodes that I want to see. And then even then I'm going to pick like the scenes that I want to see from those episodes versus a movie, which I'll probably want to sit through it all. Uh, So yeah, I'll rewatch Iron Man three. And I recently have during near the holidays. I rewatched Iron Man three and watched it all. Um, I would rewatch Ant-Man and the Wasp and sit through it all. But WandaVision, I don't think I have the patience to actually rewatch from start to finish. It's going to be picking and choosing episodes, moments, and that's it. And everything underneath WandaVision, I kind of feel the same way about. Like, it's, it's that upper echelon of that feeling. I agree with you, Paul, but I think I would put it a little bit higher. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to put it at my number 11 spot because I would probably watch bits and pieces of it over watching like Captain Marvel or Ant-Man and the Wasp. To me, all of those movies that you've listed have bits and parts that I would watch. And it's like um, Spider-Man, the last one that come out, has come out. I've watched the end of it more than I've seen the whole movie all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather watch when all the Peters get together than watch the beginning. Spoilers. Of the- for not only our talk of it, but for the <laughs> movie. Can you spoil something that everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is a thing that's happening, including the actors that were in it? Besides, I'm pretty pretty sure Kate doesn't know. That's surprising. I mean, she's not like in the the nerd news stuff. So, Uh, but like I would watch all if if there was a clip online of all of the TV openings for WandaVision, which there probably is. Like, I would sit and watch that. Like, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, it'd be fun to watch that. Or, you know what would be fun? Like, I got nothing better to do. I'm sitting there. I, I'm A lot of times, I go up into my bed. I go up into my bedroom at 8.30 at night, and I sit there, and I'm just on my phone till I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed now. You know, my, my, my wife and... My wife and mother-in-law are watching TV. Paul just gave John a bunch of thumbs up. Like, his hand was just, like, moving rapidly. Constantly. Going up and down. (laughs) Just on his phone. Just giving him something. Paul Paul gave it, like, 30 likes. (laughs) But but it's just, I I go up there. I'm on my phone. uh, And. (laughs) But, I like, that's just what I do. I'm, I'm on. I'm on Instagram. I'm watching things on YouTube. I watch a movie. I watch Even a TV show. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs yeah. up. Paul wants. I, I'm. I'm masturbating up there. That's what Paul wants me oh, to you say. Can't say it. Now it's not funny. I'm still laughing. But, <laughs> but I would go. I, I. I. I haven't thought about it since we watched the show. But I would go. Like you know what? I'll watch like the the first two episodes or I'll watch the this episode and it probably suck me in and want to keep watching some more. 
but they it has bits and moments that I think are really great mm-hmm. that I would watch bits and pieces of it, and I'd watch bits and pieces of it more than the stuff lower on my list. Uh, I think by default, with this being a TV show, it is more of a, a time investment. Um, again, I did watch this pseudo-semi-passively, but I was still aware of it. It was still something that was going on, which is a lot more of a time investment when you have eight episodes versus two-hour movie. Um, We are now in the part of the Marvel Universe rewatch where everything we're going into, I have only seen that first time besides Doctor Strange because I watched that one a second time. But everything else I've only watched once. So this was my first rewatch of this and I think coming through some of this stuff, it's going to be reinforcing what my initial thoughts on it were, because as we were watching these, we kind of built our own like, oh, well, how does this one stack up against this one? And I always held WandaVision kind of to the upper tier of the cinematic universe TV shows. And I think the solidified like, yeah, like this is good. And this is going to be right at my number 10. Um, breaking up the Spider-Man movies because it's not going to be something that I go back and rewatch outside of having to rewatch it for a podcast now, much like the rest of the shows. But I think ultimately for what it lends to the universe and what it does for the characters, I think like this is a good strong first showing for what they could do with this medium with TV. Um, And I, I did enjoy rewatching it and i look forward to maybe going back to something like falcon winter soldier which maybe my thoughts would have been different had that been the first one like it was supposed to have been but i was like middling on it but maybe i'll like it more coming back in i don't know i think if falcon and winter soldier came out first you would have been like yeah yeah this is these Marvel characters it's, doing this. It's much more MCU than this was because this one had that like framing device for half the episodes. And I think because WandaVision was so creative and it wowed you and you had those like water cooler talks with everybody mm-hmm. that having that first slightly did the straight arrow mm-hmm bullshit that was falcon and winter soldier it did it a disservice because it's just the same old stuff and it's not the same old stuff and done as good as like civil war or winter soldier it's kind of blah and then you follow the characters forward but in a pace in a way where you don't feel satisfied by them moving forward you're like Dude, finally you're you caught up with me finally. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh and you then should have fo- felt this way. And then it's followed by Loki, which again is like taking that character in a weird and wild ride, and you're like, yeah, this is great. And everything that followed is the same like super unique take on the character and putting it in a world that you're like, wow, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier sucks. It's just the same shit that we've seen for three five years i'm just excited because that means within like the next like four 
five months, Paul's going to need to watch uh, What If. I'm looking, actually looking forward to having to watch it because I've heard good things and everything that's come out of that. I, I dug it. But I liked it I, a lot. I kind of, I think I watched the first two and I was kind of like, eh. Um, I am not, I am not looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I'm actually like, I'm just going to start watching like an episode every week just to get to when we have to review it because I, I don't want to jump too far ahead because maybe my thoughts will be different on watching, but I think Falcon and Winter Soldier might have benefited from the special presentation if they had just done it as like a 45 minute. Hey, I think it needed, I think it needs a full, at least 90 minute because of what they try to tackle. <laughs> but we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, yeah, I know there's a lot of that show that I've probably forgotten about. I, it's all burned into my retina. I know it all. They try to. I, I was going to say something. Falcon. They I'm try saying. to make the blip not just a joke or not a, just a Kimmy Dick event or just a chaotic event. They try to like pay that off. They try to introduce a new Captain America. They try to set up, you know, a new uh, Nick Fury. Are we they recording to... another episode? Okay, guys, episode 515. <laughs> didn't, they... didn't even have to watch it. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> they try to do a lot in that. And I yeah. think it needs it all. I think it definitely needs it all, but it doesn't need the... It does. It needs to be less than what we got. I think there was a lot of fat you could have trimmed out of that. I think... I think they could have played up some of the other parts and trimmed some. There's some we'll pieces they could have trimmed. in a month, guys. Because I would have liked more of the truth kind of stuff. I would have liked flashbacks when okay. he's talking about okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. But if you want to agree with us, find us over, like us, do all that bullshit that every podcast tells you to do because it helps us, blah, 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 blah. Thank blah, you for blah, listening. Blah, blah, Algorithm. And algorithm. <laughs> you heard that you... too, right, Paul? Yeah, it's a joke because it's the algorithm, but you yeah, algorithm. Because yeah, he created the internet. John, right? don't write that down. I didn't make that up. That's that's a thing. I did write. I was say. sure it is. It's sure mm. it's a thing. That's mm. a thing. Like everything no, that I, mean, I ever. The say. episode title is Regis and Filman, right? <laughs> But yeah, especially now that Chris spit his beer out. Spit take. It was, really, it was really good. We already called one spit take. I think we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, we can't but do it Thanks for one. listening, guys. If you have thoughts, let us know over <laughs> on any of the social media posts for this episode or email us at bagnboardcast at gmail.com. Uh, what's your favorite WandaVision commercial? Tell us. Or episode. Mine is probably episode two. Really? Yeah, it, just because I like the throwback and it doesn't get too, too much in, but it hints at things with the uh, helicopter. Mm. Mm. 